0: I'm and this is Camp Ridgers' The Dakota Rustler Show, independent thought with no party agenda to adhere to. Today's topics include, are EV sales going lackluster, more proposed child care handouts, California reparations proposals, and more. But first, do you enjoy cooking on the grill, over an open campfire, or even on your stovetop Camp Ridger seasonings are just what you need. All four blends come in a one-cup size and are salt-free, so virtually everyone can enjoy them. You can now support this show and get a great product in return at the same time. Visit the sponsors page at CampRidger.com and make a purchase today. That's Camp R I D G E R dot com and thank you now let's get into the stories number one from reuters the u.s electric vehicle market is growing but not fast enough during the latest quarter to prevent unsold evs from stacking up at some automakers dealerships according to analysis and industry data while rising inventories and price cutting could represent only a short-term pause in EV market growth, they could also be signals that boosting U.S. EV sales above the current 7% market share will be more costly and difficult than expected, even with federal and state subsidies. If production of EVs continues to outpace demand, automakers will have to choose between slashing prices and profit margins or slowing down assembly lines. Yeah, I've been telling people, despite my investment in lithium, EVs are a fad that only a small percentage of people will buy into, maybe 25% at the most, 7% is still a long way off from that, and it's certainly a long way off from what Biden imagines. Dealers for established automakers such as General Motors, Ford, Hyundai, and Toyota have more than 90 days' worth of unsold EVs at their stores at current sales rates, according to a report from Cox Automotive, which runs the country's largest auto auction in my old hometown. U.S. dealers have more than 92,000 EVs in stock more than three times the number on their lots a year ago, according to Cox data, and new vehicle inventories are up 74% from a year ago. GM, on the other hand, stated that it has very low inventory and high demand, than 80% of lyrics, I guess that's how you pronounce the car, and GMC Hummer EVs built are still in transit to dealers, but that's only two models. Ford had 86 days worth of F-150 Lightnings and 113 days worth of Mustang Mach E electric SUVs on hand. Though Ford said Cox figures overstate the inventories for both models. Ford sees the Mach E at 83 days of supply and the Lightning at 58 days of supply. Ford is increasing capacity for both the Mach E and the Lightnings. Volkswagen dealers had 131 days worth of ID4 electric SUVs in inventory. In a statement, Volkswagen U.S. sales arm said, we have seen some softening in EV sales in the U.S. recently. Inventory officials and analysts cautioned that U.S. EV market is still in a formative phase, with many consumers still evaluating whether EVs fit their needs and major automakers still ramping up production. There's a natural speed of market growth here that many are fighting against, and there's a lot of confusion in the market with too many brands, says Vitaly Golom, an investment banker who focuses on electric vehicles. The strong will survive, and the rest will struggle. Yes, that's pretty much true in any business. Tesla is using its lead in EV production costs to accelerate demand with price cuts. Legacy automakers are losing money on most of their electric models. Tesla recently reported better-than-expected global deliveries. However, the company has been offering a variety of discounts and incentive offers to spur demand. The average selling price of EVs for the second quarter is now $53,400. That's down 19% from the peak of $66,400 in June of last year. The Biden administration has proposed emissions rules that effectively require U.S. automakers to shift their sales to two-thirds EVs by 2032, a proposal GM and the association representing most automakers, as well as me, have said is unrealistic. Wakefield said it is too soon to declare that U.S. EV demand has hit a plateau. We see it as choppy growth, but continued growth, he said. I agree. But if Biden, or anyone else for that matter, thinks two-thirds vehicles will be EVs anytime soon in the future, they're doing some pretty damn good drugs, because it isn't going to happen. I still stick to my 25%. News story number two, also from Reuters. Vice President Kamala Harris announced new steps to lower the cost of child care for American families with a proposal that would cap co-payments under a block grant. Remember, grant is keyword for giveaway that serves 1.5 million children and their families each month. Before I go any further in this article, let me state clearly. If you can't afford kids, don't have them. And if you can't afford them, give them up to someone who can. And yes, I was one of those kids that was given up and I am grateful. Quit expecting a taxpayer to pay for all your actions. Be an adult. Be responsible. If you have kids, raise them. If you can't afford them, don't have them. This is a critical issue, she said, for almost every family in our country. Low-income families often spend one-third of their yearly income on child care, more than they spend on their rent or mortgage. No family should have to choose between high-quality care for their child or to give up their career or put food on the table, she said. I agree, but asking society to pay for someone who couldn't keep their privates in their pants only spreads irresponsibility. The proposed rule would limit working parents' co-payments under the Child Care and Development Block Grant program to no more than 7% of a family's income. The program subsidizes another key word for giveaway. Child care for families with income below 85% of their state's median income level, but requires most to pay at least a little bit. The proposal, which will have a 45-day comment period, will encourage states to waive co-payments for families at or below 150% of the poverty level. Waive is another code word for giveaway, another handout. Again, you can't afford them don't have them. Lowering child care costs has been a big priority for the Biden administration, but a deeply divided Congress has thwarted adoption of some key proposals, including a push to make permanent an expanded child tax care credit that was implemented during the COVID-19 pandemic. While Good. We have enough freebies. No one has a financial moral code anymore. Just take from the taxpayer. Everyone else does. The proposal will also try to make it easier for families to access the block grant program. Again, there's that word, grant, by encouraging states to accept online payments and making siblings of children who already received a subsidy eligible for benefits. Again, more words for more giveaways. Enough! We are not supposed to be a socialist country. News story number three, also from Reuters. 27 global investors managing $2.1 trillion are collaborating to help companies reduce the potential negative impacts of technology on the mental health of their customers, the group's leaders said last week. The group will engage with hardware, media, internet, gaming, software, ed tech, and telecom firms to ensure they are developing action plans to protect the mental health and well-being of consumers, it said in a statement. Screen overuse in the early stages of human development can lead to concentration and behavioral disorders, including depression and isolation, according to the investors. Increasing use of the internet, smartphones, video games, social media, and streaming services raises concerns about addictions, while self-esteem and sleep can also be affected, they added. If I said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Get the hell off the internet. It's not making you smarter or healthier. It's making you dumber and unhealthy. And exactly how are companies going to alter your online lifestyle anyway? All you have to do is turn off the damn switch. But after you listen to my show. <laughs> The investors will guide tech firms to set goals, such as for keeping children safe online, which can be monitored by shareholders. (laughs) Just what you need is a parent. Companies spying on your children. Keep the pervs away from your children. Be a parent. Quit expecting others to do your job. Turn off their damn technology. If the tech firms do not meet expectations, members of the group could choose individually to downgrade their environmental, social, and governance scores. They could vote against management during annual general meetings or file shareholder resolutions. What the hell does all that even mean? Zoom over my head yeah right so you're not going to invest in companies that don't clamp down right you'll invest because all you care about is money there is still much to be done and we can accelerate awareness and encourage tech companies to implement concrete action plans to protect users and reduce companies long-term risk to children again be a frickin' parent Do your job. Keep companies away from your kids. Come on. Grow up, parents. With that, it's time to take a break. I'll be back in about 40 seconds. For all things Dakota Wrestler related, please visit dakotarustler.org. Hello, and welcome back to the Dakota Rustler Show. Just want to give my usual shout-outs to Dan Heim and to Vinnie Camilleri, who provide the music, and to Arabelle Kimmick, who does the voiceovers. With that said, let's get on to story number four. This is from the AP News. As California considers implementing large-scale reparations for black residents affected by the legacy of slavery, the state has also become the focus of the nation's divisive reparations conversation, drawing a backlash of conservatives criticizing the priorities of a liberal state. Roughly two-thirds of Americans opposed the idea of reparations, with more than 80% of black responders supporting some kind of compensation for the descendants of slaves. Well, it doesn't take a study to figure that out. No different than the rest of the freebie society. Here's a freebie. Yeah, I'll take it. Pew found that roughly two-thirds of Hispanics and Asian Americans opposed as well. Again, duh, taking money from them to give to somebody else. The fact that supposedly serious people in San Francisco are considering a plan that would give $5 in reparations to every black resident in their city in a state that never had slavery is a joke, according to Republican Representative Lauren Boebert. I agree with a line that appeared on Fox, which reads, quote, A state that never allowed slaves wants to take billions of dollars from people who never owned slaves to give to people who never were slaves. Welcome to California, unquote. I couldn't have said it any better. In fact, it was my exact thought before I even got to that line in this article. People in favor of reparations then make arguments that California returned slaves to slaveholders prior to becoming a state and even afterwards, and they make a few other arguments about other links to slavery. It's still all irrelevant. No one alive today owned slaves, and no one alive today should be forced to pay for the sins of others, especially dead others. However, that history left a stark economic divide. For every dollar that white families earn today, black families earn 60 cents. The key word in that sentence is today, not 150 years ago. If Oprah Winfrey and Barack Obama can make a name for themselves despite their beginnings, so can anyone else. Color being irrelevant, whether it's black, Asian, Puerto Rican, it doesn't matter. I hate to say it, but if economic reparations ever occur, the perceived racial hatred that exists today will only get far worse. Every black person who takes a payment will become the target of every non-black person who believes they were robbed. My natural parents didn't pass on a single penny to me. I was fostered out. My foster parents saved aluminum foil to reuse it again if it was still clean because they grew up in the depression. They did not take any money from any black person or keep any black people from earning money. Reparations is a ticket to a reinvigorated KKK. And believe me, I don't support it, but if reparations occur, KKK is going to pick up again. My only prejudice that I have is against lazy people who fail to work for what they have. Make a name for yourself. Overcome adversity. We used to preach it. We don't anymore. And last but not least, story number five from The Verge. The Fairphone 4. A user repairable smartphone. Something we need to get back to. Built using ethically sourced materials, is finally coming to the U.S. almost two years after it first debuted back in September of 21. Fairphone is partnering with Murena, a company best known for de-googling Android phones. Something else we totally need to do for privacy sake to launch the U.S. pilot of the Murena Fairphone 4. There are two configurations available, one with a 6GB of RAM and 128GB of storage for $599, and another with 8GB of RAM and 256GB of storage for $679. If I were to buy a smartphone, I'd snap this up in a second. If it wasn't so damn expensive, phones should never cost that much. The storage of both models can be expanded via microSD, and the phone features a modular design that can be easily disassembled using a standard Philips double zero screwdriver to replace broken components. The Marina Fairphone 4 will ship to U.S. customers with 5G and dual SIM support. A removable 3900 mega amp battery, a 48 megapixel main camera, 48 megapixel ultra wide camera, and a 25 megapixel selfie camera. The Murena 4 also comes with the e-operating system pre-installed, which is described as a privacy-focused Google-free mobile ecosystem for folks who want to avoid handing any data over to the search giant. Instead of the usual Google apps, it will use morena apps, and I suppose it would probably also be able to use F-Droid apps? I don't know. We should note, however, that the operating system isn't entirely Google-free. The Murena App Lounge technically does allow you to install major Android apps, including those made by Google, but Murena claims that it fetches apps directly from the Play Store without giving Google any of your private information. The Faraphone comes unlocked, but it is T-Mobile recommended and provides an extended five-year warranty for the hardware. Personally, I think this sounds great. However, if one really wants privacy, one should probably go with a Google Pixel phone and learn how to install the graphene or the lineage operating systems on it. But the Fairphone sounds like a great start to get back to the right to repair accessibility in communications. And with that, I'm going to call the podcast. Thank you. You know the mantra. Question authority and always be free.